Here we go. <clears throat> Welcome back to the show, Chad Shoon, grandson of rock handy voice actor Leroy Shoon, sometimes pronounced Schoon. Yeah, not by anyone that's in the And to our listening us. audience, welcome to Puppet Hunt Radio with Matt and Lane, the only podcast dedicated to the 1940s radio noir show of the same name, Puppet Hunt. So join Rock Handy and Nick Salmon for an evergreen trip down memory lane as they crack cases and solve mysteries for the ventriloquists of Large Neck USA. Chad, are you still there? Uh, oh, I am. I, are, are you? Are you? Are you finished? Yeah, that's our tagline. Oh, more, okay. Today it's actually more puppet hunt with Lane and Chad, isn't it? Thank, oh. Thanks for thanks for having me back. I uh, I did not expect to. Um... Well, you're a good sport, uh, Chad Shoon. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but I want to want to say it out loud and not. Y- yeah, I was uh, delighted at your invitation to uh, to co-host the show with you. So yeah, there was a. If audience is wondering, there was a rift that Matt and I had. I'd rather not go too deep into, but I suppose I should just at least touch on it a little bit. As it turned out, he hung up on the last phone call that I had with him out of anger, I guess, over um well, are you are you familiar with Himalayan salt lamps, Chad? Uh yeah. I don't want to get too tangled up in this, but Working with Matt sometimes could be stressful for me, and I imagine other people as well. And so I just coincidentally, or maybe the universe brought this to me, I decided to try the Himalayan salt lamp, and I noticed that that helped me when he and I were recording. And then I realized that maybe two would be better, and I did some more research, and then I got better understanding of how many frequencies that the different sizes can afford the receiver, being the individual. And... We had a falling out. I imagine you've listened to the last episode. Uh, you've got to refresh my mind. I, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Oh, okay. Uh, well, Matt and I, he was saying that they have this smell of the ocean. And I said they actually have no scent whatsoever. And so he got pretty upset. And in the old days when you'd hang up a phone, you'd hear that sound of the receiver hitting the cradle and he just hung up and I kept talking and kind of made a fool out of myself and even ended the show thinking like he maybe his computer had crashed and he just couldn't get back online again. And I put the episode out. And anyway, I I just have this a couple of things I wanted to read. This is from uh, HealingHimalayanSaltCave.com. And Matt, if you're listening... I definitely check this out. Again, it's healinghimalayansaltcave.com. Quote, Himalayan salt crystals have no discernible odor. It is common to see our customers sniff the lamps, but there really is no smell. That's the emphasis is my emphasis on that right there. No smell. One other thing I just wanted to mention here, there's a great site and it's got, it's a long name, but I just want to put it out there. It's hibiscusmooncrystalacademy.com slash Himalayan dash salt dash lamps. Um, in particular, Matt, if you're listening, go through all the posts. Uh, several commentators talk about how the salt lamps purify odors from the air. So there's something in your favor um, and that they remove smells uh, but they don't add smells to the room. So that's, a again, it's a, it's a misconception. And then Hibiscus Moon herself, the curator of the site, writes, quote, 
it shouldn't put out any smell at all if it does don't use it end quote maybe in fairness to matt he got a bad lamp oh um i found this is an excerpt from an amazon review by carol ann on himalayan salt lamps uh it says woke up at 4 30 a.m and my whole house smelled like chemicals my eyes were burning and my throat was raw my two small children were sleeping in bed beside me i woke my husband and told him something was wrong he went room by room and found that one of our large salt lamps in the living room was hot to the touch (parentheses the cord) and was admitting this horrible smell. My oh. eyes are on fire. My throat is raw. Switches to present tense. Mm -hmm. My eyes are on fire. My throat is raw. My house is full of some god awful chemicals. I absolutely adored my salt lamps. And now I'm terrified to have them in the house, end quote. All right, so what we can conclude from that is if there is a smell, they're malfunctioning. Right. In fact, I have, if you can hold on for just a moment here, I have another file on my Google Drive, and it has, it lists some of the signs that you might have. A, a defective uh, salt lamp? Well, there's a lot of phony salt lamps out there. So there's, there's oh, fake. Oh, a counterfeit salt lamp. Oh, it's made goodness. from sea salt and smells like the ocean. Oh, I think you Maybe. owe Matt an apology. Oh. As far as oh. I know, Matt has only smelled ones at my house, and that which means he hasn't smelled them. And I mean, there are negative ions that are produced at the ocean. They're produced at waterfalls, electrical storms. So he's probably like he's having a sensory experience of thinking he's at the ocean even though there's actually no chemical reaction happening in his nasal cavity. I also have a question about uh, that uh, Amazon review. When she shifted into the first person, am I then to assume that instead of saving her children from potentially poisonous gas in her home, she sat down at her computer and typed in real time a review of a faulty salt lamp? Well... Her I would priorities are not are not right. That's that's not right. I think it was just for dramatic effect. It's possible though. I think she has the same concern that I do, which is that if you are dealing with a, a phony, let's call it a phony Himalayan salt lamp, then you are you are endangering people. And you have you have the whole gamut. You have everything from imagining that you're smelling the ocean to your house filling with toxic chemicals. So uh, let me just, if you don't mind, Chad, I'm going to run down these top signs that you may have a phony salt lamp. Okay. Uh, number one, the person who's selling it has a poor return policy. So definitely check out your return policy. Mm -hmm. You get the salt lamp and it's highly durable. That is definitely a sign that it's phony because they're very fragile. The real ones are very fragile. It's a very bright light. They should not be bright. They should be, if anything, kind of on the subtle lighting side. Mm -hmm. That there's no mention of Pakistan in the the packaging itself. That's the deep underground mines in Pakistan are the only source of true Himalayan pink salt. Only uh, Pakistan, even though the the Himalayas or Himalayas stretch through at least five countries that I'm aware of. Okay, two more things. Uh, they're moisture resistant. So people wonder, like, okay, do they really work? Well, if they're going to work, they have to be from Pakistan and made out of real salt rock. 
and they're definitely not going to be moisture resistant because it's in the inherent nature of a salt crystal to be an absorber of water. And if mm -hmm. your salt lamp has a problem being near a moisture source, like a shower, that's a good sign. But if it has no problem near a moisture source, like a shower, that's a good sign that you own a fake. Because a true salt lamp is going to be prone to what's called sweating when it's exposed to moisture, and you don't want them sweating. So your brother mentioned... Half-brother, Lane. Your, your half-brother, you mentioned that you thought the show was called Puppet Hint. And so we brought that up with your brother, your half-brother, and he said, no, there was a show called Puppet Hint and a show called Puppet Hunt, and that your grandfather did both of them. Huh. Well, there you go. Yeah. I guess we were both right. Your brother, well, your brother had an episode. Did you know half, this? Half-brother. Your half-brother, you must have listened to the episode with, with your half-brother in there, right, Todd? Uh, I'm Chad. And oh, that, him, that is You can him. call him Chad. I don't know if you guys are close, but he now calls himself Todd. We're not close. Oh, okay. So Todd said that he had an episode in the attic, and it's called Pearls Before Swine which to me sounds like a detective story, right? I believe it's a, a reference to a Bible verse. Yes. You do not throw your pearls before swine. It sounds very noir to me. And Matt got it in his head that it's somehow this puppet hint quiz show episode. And so it's a little frustrating that I guess something that happened that I can touch on is the fact that this episode itself was acquired rather contentiously. We... <clears throat> Matt and I are, I guess, not speaking, according to him. And so the manager of one of his storage units got in touch with me and said that he was that Matt was willing to exchange the episode that we're about to listen to, The Haunting of Saxby Mansion. He would exchange that if I would give Matt the player for the vinyl converter to digital format. And so we had this exchange. It was very awkward. It was in a an industrial area. And Matt and I each stayed in our car. The manager of the storage unit kind of snidely made a comment to my coach about how this is probably a Halloween episode. But I did preview it a little bit. It is probably a Halloween episode. Uh, so I'm just getting everybody ready for that. Is that a, a great idea to release a Halloween episode in summer? You don't want to well, do it in October? You know, I'm glad you're bringing that up because I you've heard of Christmas in July. Right. To sell mattresses, sure. Well, it's also an expression that means an unexpected surprise at a different season. In other words, the feeling of one season during another season. So this is going to be like a Halloween feeling in the month of June. I have another thing that I want to read from um, a, a, this is from a, and it's an odor. And Lena, I'm having some uh, difficulty hearing you. Was my voice sounding super robotic? It 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 was for a moment. It's not now. Interesting. Okay, so today's episode is called "The Haunting of Saxby Mansion." Now, when you hear that, what does that make you think of? Yeah, well, it sounds like their mansion's haunted, but I'm gathering from what I know from watching a lot of Scooby Doo is. Usually the ghosts aren't real. 
I was, you know, it's funny because I had this weird feeling this morning. I thought, I hope Chad doesn't bring up the Scooby-Doo element because Puppet Hunt would be the originator and that Scooby-Doo would be the imitator. You don't think that Puppet Hunt itself would have been just derivative from Dashiell Hammett's work, like The Thin Man or his uh, Sam Spade or The Dane Curse or any of those other Hammett books written in the 20s? Huh. Well, do you know, did Dashiell Hammett have ventriloquists featured in the stories? That I don't I don't know. That would be a twist that I would could see uh, that Puppet Hunt would definitely be able to lay claim to being an originator. Well, I would say let's go ahead and play the episode. You're ready to hear your grandfather's voice speaking through the ages? Yeah, I guess. Sure. Okay. Let's well, do it. Um, all right. I'm going to press play here and we'll just check out the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, The Haunting of Saxby Mansion, Part 1. This is a permanent Dictabelt voice recording. My name is Nick Salmon, private investigator, well, puppet investigator to be more precise, and one half of the Handy Salmon Puppet Detective Agency, or HSPDA for short. It was a crisp late October morning. The air was fragrant with the scent of autumn, and as the wind shifted, herring. But as I turn onto Clump Avenue, my skin begins to prickle all over, as if a goose has just run over my grave. I spin around and see the grinning countenance of an older gentleman. Woo! I'm ever so sorry, young man. I didn't mean to give you a fright. I was just on my way to the Handy Salmon Puppet Detective Agency, and you seem to be headed there as well. Oh, well, you... Certainly snuck up and scared the right man. I'm Nicolio Salmon of the aforementioned agency. Ah, delightful to make your acquaintance, young man. I'm Grimsby Saxby. Well met, Mr. Saxby. Our office is just around the corner. Here, let me show you the way. Lead on, young man. Just at the end of this hall, Mr. Saxby, I can't wait to introduce you to my partner, He's the greatest puppet detective Large Neck has ever known. Rock Handy. <gasps> Saturn's rings! My partner, the legendary Rock Handy, lays sprawled on the floor. Oh. Oh, I was at the, the Shinola when I think I was slipped a Mickey. I must have crawled here and then passed out. And who, pray tell, are you? Oh, this is Mr. Grimsby Saxby. He needs our help, Rock. Grimsby Saxby? The Grimsby Saxby? Prove it. Very well, then. The old man begins to slowly dance around the room, which is strange, but not as strange as the fact that his shoes make no sound. Holy torpedo, it is you. I seem to be missing something here. This is Grimsby Saxby, the eccentric and reclusive millionaire inventor. But his greatest triumph was Saxby's silent souls. You flatter me, sir. Alas, it was never to be. What do you mean? Well, you see, it became well known that he'd need rubber, and rubber means the syndicate. 
A most unsavory group of gentlemen. Yes, you disappeared ten years ago, Mr. Saxby. What brings you back now? And before you answer, it better be puppet-related. It is puppet-related, Mr. Handy. Oh, yeah? I need you and your partner, Mr. Salmon. Yeah? To spend the night in a haunted house. Puppet Hunt, file of facts 103-Z-7, The Haunting of Saxby Mansion, entry 1. Rock and I are rooted to the spot. Grimsby Saxby stands before us, his face gone dark and serious. Again, this better be puppet-related. It is puppet-related, Mr. Handy. I'm being haunted by the ghost of Madame Zora. She was my son's puppet. Was? Yes, you see, I had a rather bad falling out with my only son, Jacob. A decision I regret to this very day. I told him it was either our family or the puppet. He chose the puppet. My wife pleaded with me to change my mind, but I was adamant. They found his clothes on the edge of the Platois River. Along with Madame Zora, my wife followed him into the next life. She died of a broken heart. I'm, I'm so sorry. It still gets to me after all this time. All right, so where do we fit in? I was living a peaceful retirement. All was well until a week ago when I came home from an expedition to find a strange crate on my porch. Your, your son's puppet? Yes, Mr. Salmon, the puppet. What did you do with her? I threw it away. Only upon waking the next day, there she was, at the foot of my bed, her cold, dead eyes staring at me. (gasps) Sweet Lazarus. This time I took her to my blast furnace and burned her. That night, as I was trying to sleep, I heard her voice. Why, Father? Why did you do it? Applesauce. It's true, I swear it. I've disposed of the same puppet every day for a week, each time burning her in my furnace. And then every night I'm visited by her disembodied voice. Why, Father? Why, she cries. I open my mouth, but Rock shakes his head and taps on his wristwatch. He then rubs his belly and points to the window, makes some sort of flapping bird with both hands, and picks at his teeth. Either Rock wants Grimsby to get to the point, or he's hungry for Steak Diane. Possibly both. I'm still learning the signals. I'm at my wit's end, and I need your help. You see, at the stroke of midnight tonight, it will be the tenth anniversary of my son's death. So, you want us to spend the night? Precisely. I need to know, Mr. Salmon. Am I truly being haunted? Have I lost my mind? Is some devilish rapscallion trying to drive me mad? And for what reason? What's that? I also believe that this is my last night. 
to be alive. Can you repeat everything you just said? But I... Don't worry. I'll get Rock up to speed with my notes. Oh, thank you, gentlemen. I will see you tonight. Mr. Saxby smiles, but as I open the door, his face becomes a rictus of terror. There, sitting on the ground, is Madame Zora. It's almost, but not quite dusk as Rock and I arrive at the marina to meet the captain Mr. Saxby promised us. Why, it's none other than... Buddy Bozeman. Oh, shoeshine, Mr. Handy. Before we cast off, that is. Not today, kid. Might as well climb aboard, then. You too, Mr. Salmon. Next up, Kabloom Island and Saxby Mansion. You're going to row the three of us all the way there? Oh, sure thing. Why, it looks to be two nautical miles at least. Yes, sir. But you're just a lad. Oh, I've got plenty of pep, thanks to Seadol Kelpamont Ironized Yeast Tablets. Hmm, Seadol Kelpamont Ironized Yeast Tablets. Do I need to take them? Well, are you weak, tired out? Sickly, unable to gain an ounce of flesh or strength, no matter what you eat. Yes, Nix, even if you seem born skinny and friendless, thousands have gained solid, naturally attractive flesh this new, easy way. In just a few weeks. Day after day, watch your flat chest develop, and those skinny limbs round out to natural attractiveness. But how do Kelpamalt ironized yeast tablets work? Scientists recently discovered the single reason why run-down men are nervous, skinny, and weak. They don't get enough iodine in their daily food, Nix. The most important gland, the one that actually controls body weight and strength, needs a definite ration of natural assimilable iodide. Not to be confused with chemical iodides, which often prove toxic. And not only has this new discovery given great numbers normal pounds, but constipation and indigestion quickly vanish. Yes, skin clears to normal. New pep comes. You're an entirely new person. Try seed all kelpamalt for a single week and see flattering extra pounds of stay there flesh up here, in place of your scrawny hollows. Seedol Kelpamalt contains 1,200 times more iodine than oysters, once considered the best source. Six tablets alone contain more natural iodine than 486 pounds of spinach or 1,387 pounds of lettuce. 100 jumbo-sized Seedol Kelpamalt tablets Four to five times the size of ordinary tablets cost but a few cents a day to use. Inferior products, sold as kelp and malt preparations, in imitation of the genuine Seedol Kelpamalt, are being offered as substitutes. Don't be fooled. Demand genuine Seedol Kelpamalt tablets. They're easily assimilated. Do not upset the stomach nor injure teeth.
Kelpa malt. It's a crime to be skinny. Up close, the island looks different. Downright spooky with a full moon silhouetting the leafless trees. Saxby Mansion looms in the distance. Say, buddy, uh, how do you know this Gatsby character? Oh, I deliver groceries and such to Mr. Saxby. And once I'm out here, he usually has errands for me to do. You would think a pitch roof like that would be too steep for leaks. But let me tell you, leak it does. And with all that moss, it sure gets slippery. Why, every time I go up there to patch a new hole, I gotta make a rope harness and secure it with stones on the opposite side, or else I'd break my neck. Yeah, that's great. So, you ever seen anyone else on Kabloom Island? Oh, not a soul. Mr. Saxby must get lonely. Oh, Mr. Saxby likes it this way. In fact, he made me promise to never tell a soul where he lives. So I gave him my buddy Bozeman cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, promise. Hope to die? Why'd you tell us? Well, uh, Mr. Saxby said he invited you. You still broke your promise. I don't think that counts, Rock. It's just asking for bad luck. But if a person who requested the promise is the one who... Bad luck, Salmon. Let's hope no one has to die. Whoa, there it is again. That chill from Clump Avenue. My skin goes all goose pimples as we approach the dock. Here we are, gentlemen. Saxby Mansion! Why, a madman must have designed it. Windows at lunatic angles, turrets rising obscenely into the sky, and the dry, rotted eaves like sinister fangs poised to gnash those who dare approach. Oh, what a swell place. Oh, yes, sir! She's a beaut! Uh, where are you headed, buddy? Off to the rubbish heap! What? Oh, Mr. Saxby said he had a fresh load of trash that needs burning! You sirs can take the path right there! There's no path! Oh, it is hard to see, because we keep it overgrown with honey locusts to scare off intruders! You best walk sideways so you don't get speared! Your eyes are saucers, Mr. Salmon, and rightly so! Those thorns get as big as a knitting needle and dagger sharp! Now there's lots of twists and turns along the way, but I promise it'll take you straight to the front door. Thanks for the ride, buddy. Oh, sure thing, Mr. Salmon. Always happy to help out. Oh, try not to get speared, and good luck on the case. Buddy disappears down the path. The skies open up and... In a downpour, we make our way to the overgrown path to Saxby Mansion. Neither the spookiness nor the storm phases rock. All right, we go in there and spend the night. Tomorrow morning, Saxby is going to be alive and we're going to be just a little richer. Savvy? But what about the bad luck? Huh? The broken promise. Uh, that's on the kid. We didn't break anything. Oh. 
He's the one who has to stick a needle in his eye. To match his tough guy confidence, I reach first for the gargoyle head door knocker. But my hand gets ensnared in a thick spider web. Come on, Nix. Get it off, get it off! Hold still! I wanna go home! <laughs> Is everything alright? Ah, hello, Craxby. I thought I heard girlish screaming. Oh, that. That was nothing. That was just Nix. Yes, I'm. Sorry, uh... Yeah, well, uh, let's get out of this rain. Say, nice digs you got here, Saxby. Thank you very much, Mr. Handy. The entrance hall is dark and clammy. Oh, don't worry. The power always goes out when it's storming. Candles light our way as we follow Grimsby towards a large sitting room. Must be lonely living out here, so far from everyone. Oh, it's not so bad once you get used to it. Solitude is what I needed, Mr. Salmon. As we enter the cavernous sitting room, I notice a painting of a stern woman above the fireplace. Well, maybe it's my nerves, but no matter where I stand in the room, she's staring right at me. Yes, my wife Eleanor. Dead. These past ten years. I'm sorry for your loss. Loss is all I seem to have nowadays. My hubris and cruelty drove my son away. Say, is that a game room? Good gravy! He's got a whiff-waff table! Did another Madame Zora puppet arrive today? Yes, I kept this one. I figured you'd want to see her. All these Madame Zora puppets, they all match the one your son had? Right down to the chip in her left ear from when... from when he dropped her during our last fight. Holy crow, he's got a model train. It's, it's got smoke and everything. Has she spoken to you today? Not today. But look, the witching hour, she approaches. You guys look like you just seen a ghost. Mr. Saxby calmly sets Madame Zora on the kitchen table, but as he stirs his cup of tea, I see his hands quavering. Are you sure you got nothing stronger than tea? I'm afraid not, Mr. Handy. What should we do with Madame Zora? Let's burn her in the furnace. No dice, Grimsby. That thing is evidence. Sorry, my, my tea fell, that's all. I lean forward, my face inches from Madame Zora. Her dead eyes stare back at me. Madame Zora, why do you want to kill father? 
All right, already. Sitting here talking to Madam Death Doll is getting us nowhere. Nix, you search the downstairs. Grimsby, you go with him. I'm going to go search the upstairs, and we'll all meet back here in the sitting room in uh, 32 minutes. Mr. Saxby and I make our way downstairs until we reach his library. So many books. I could really spend some time in here. So good to meet a fellow bibliophile. These are my friends, Mr. Salmon. I can always take solace in a good book. Suddenly, Mr. Saxby pushes past me and presses his face to the window. We need to go to the greenhouse right now. Why? Did you see something? Well, Mr. Salmon, the last time I was there, I didn't leave any candles burning. As we enter the greenhouse, a putrid odor hits me right in the olfactory. Oh, cheese and crackers! What is that awful smell? Ah, yes. That is my orchid collection. I recently acquired the rare Satyrium pumilum. It lures flies into its flowers by mimicking the smell of rotting flesh. I see. Do I also smell bananas? Yes. The banana trees are a tribute to my late wife. She longed for the tropics. Mr. Salmon, are you feeling okay? You look rather green. (coughs) It's hard to breathe in here. I can't barely see. The sickly, rotten smell has my head swimming. The room goes out of focus. I reach for Mr. Saxby to steady myself, but grab a hold of a stack of pottery instead. With Nick's keeping the old man occupied, I can check out the rooms upstairs for clues. Talking devil dolls. Phantoms. Who believes in that garbage? Uh, Nix? Is, is that you? Ooh, what about a phantom puppet? Uh, what about him? You know they're real. They are not. Then who are you talking to, dummy? <laughs> oh, oh, Jerry, it's you. <laughs> yeah, you, you should have heard yourself, Andy. Oh, don't do that to me. Well, well, what about them? <laughs> Come on, that's not funny. Then why am I laughing? Hey, uh, bend your elbow so you can see me. Ah, you're a sight for sore eyes, pal. Yeah, I'd say so, with that string bean you got for a new partner. Yeah. Say, I could use a little of your help on this case. Ah, come on, I just got here, Handy. I know, I know. All right, what do you want? Well, uh, are there any, uh, you know, uh, ghosts around? Oh, you mean puppet guys. Yeah, yeah, sure, those. 
Oh, let's see. A creepy old mansion in Plotwa County. Hmm. Of course, there's puppet guys. Okay, okay. Who are they? Do I live here? You think I know these spooks? Oh, how many are we talking about? Oh, I'd say a gaggle at least. Uh, how many is that? I don't know. Uh, let me write this down. A gaggle. How do you spell that? <laughs> huh? Lose the stiff, Handy. Saxby? No, Salmon. Uh, he's dead weight, Rock. What do you want me to do? I still need a partner. Uh, yeah, speaking of dead, but not much weight, I, I keep wondering how it was you dropped me. You know, back at the cannery, into the fire. Ah, don't be sore about it. I am sore. Well, point to a crisp. That didn't feel so good, Handy. Flames all around me. I was wearing wool and... I know what happened. How about an apology? Apology? Uh, I didn't drop you on purpose. Well, you could have set me down somewhere. There wasn't time. Anywhere, really. Away from the burners. Jeez. Whew. Fire. My one weakness. Uh, well, along with termites and, and possibly showgirls. Maybe you should have stayed in the car. Now it's my fault, huh? I get dropped, and then you... Burnt to a crisp, I know. All right, I don't have to take this. Zygazunt handy. Jerry, Jerry... Wait, uh, what do you want? A little help for your old partner. <sighs> All right, uh, let's see. You see that tall, heavy piece of furniture on your immediate left? Sure, sure. It's called a, a wardrobe. Yeah, I know that. Well, don't stand so close to it, smart guy. Why not? Because it's about to tip over right on top of you. Great Custer Joe! Will Rock Handy be crushed alive by possessed furniture? Did Nick Salmon merely faint in the greenhouse due to innocent, putrid odors? Can the detectives survive their witching hour encounters with the deathless Madame Zora? Tune in tomorrow for the thrilling conclusion of Puppet Hunt. The Haunting of Saxby Mansion, Part 2. Well, what'd you think? Well, I uh, I honestly thought there would be more, you know, trivia. Trivia? You know, the dummies would either ask or answer the questions. So anyway, what did you think? What was it like to hear your grandfather speaking after all this time? Oh, was he in this episode? Because I, I thought maybe he was going to show up in part two. Well, no, he plays Rock Candy. You know, no. the, the, the the main character. No, I, maybe, maybe um, Salmon, but not. That doesn't sound, oh. that doesn't sound like him at all. Oh, well, maybe he was disguising his voice, right? I mean, voice actors would adopt a certain voice. What did he sound like? In your memory, he just sounded less like Rock Candy. I mean, could you put your finger on what it was, that the, the timbre of his voice? I know those are hard things to put in words. Yeah, I, the way I would describe him as sounding was um, drunk. Oh. 
surly. Okay. Uh, you know, he might slur a little bit. Speaking of sobriety, what did you think of Rock Handy as a character? So you've this is one of your first times to hear Puppet Hunt, is that correct? Uh-huh. He's quite the uh, intriguing detective, isn't he? Well, honestly, I kind of like the Salmon character. Uh, oh, that you're more, of more serious about the job, like he was on the case. Oh, interesting. I often think of it as a an exploration of like the the inner conflict that all of us have, where we may have inattentiveness to one aspect of our lives because our brain is working on something else. And what happens, see, if you haven't heard a full series of episodes, you may not realize that Rock Handy is the one who always solves the case. It seems like he's elsewhere, like his mind is wandering mm-hmm. and he's getting names wrong. And if you've ever listened to the beginnings of the series, what happens is Rock loses Jerry in a cannery fire. So that's what Rock that's Handy, what they were. I, that whole conversation. I'm like, what are they talking about? Did you know that Jerry appears often as a ghost? No, I, I'm I'm confused now because. I was under the impression that the puppets were animate in in this world. They had their own id and ego. Okay. Well, so far, none of the episodes have actually had sentient puppets. Are you suggesting that that's all in Rock's head, that no one else hears that puppet talk? Ah, here's my interpretation. Okay, I'm not saying it's the right view. I'm just saying it is a view. I have listened to the debut episode, Large Neck Virgin, enough times to hear in the story that Rock is done with Jerry, okay? He's kind of fed up with him. That's, again, it's just one view, but he's fed up with him, and that he slips off of Rock's hand in the cannery, and he needs Jerry. He really shouldn't have lost him, but he he does feel responsible. So They brought up the ghosts of puppets being geists and of course hegel's seminal work was the uh, the original title was the phenomenology des geists in the french ergo yeah. the puppet actually has to be the villain so what do you think of that commercial which, which commercial in the middle of the episode the one for the oh oh, oh about the iodine yeah, the ionized yeast. Ionized yeast. It See, confused me at first because I thought it was part of the episode. It was so subtly inserted into the, the episode. I, I made notes because I thought it was going to be part of the solution to the crime. I didn't really, that was oh, a commercial oh. now. Yeah, I mean, when you oh, said it, of, very of course, intriguing. Of course, I very realized it. That would be a first of the many integrated ads so far. I don't think they've actually integrated the product as part of the mystery. It's just usually been an, an ad of the, the characters sort of break into, as my understanding of old time radio, this may have been, and I'm saying this without adequate research so far, may have been one of the first radio programs to integrate their ads into the stories. Oh. So even if this isn't your grandfather, yet another reason for you to be involved in Puppet Hunt because it's such a unique and historically important broadcast. I mean, Matt and I've talked about this before, but clearly the city of Largeneck, where most of the stories take place, is a very inclusive city for ventriloquists. Mm-hmm. Probably on the order of half the population are walking around mm-hmm. with puppets, at least on the on the west side. Are you familiar with the 
the bifurcation of the city itself. Okay. Mr. Schoon. Schoon, excuse me. Schoon. Uh, sometimes pronounced Schoon, according to your brother, your half-brother. Okay. He's wrong, but sure. Oh. Well, I don't want to get into a family dispute here, but I guess it has something to do with the different pronunciation from the Dutch. That's right. Okay. Ooh, sounds like a, a little bit of a raw nerve. There's a cleanser called Old Dutch. Is that right? I, I'm not familiar with it. It's still is, available. Is that a slur of some kind? No, no. It's It goes way back, and it has a picture of a woman who's wearing one of those white, I don't know if they're called wimples. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm bringing up an image on my computer now, and she's got a stick. This is the woman talking. You can't see her face. Quote, I am coming to clean up the town. Well, that sounds kind of ominous. I like it. And it says, I like it. for sale by all jobbers. Do you know what that means? No. Huh. All right. Oh, here's another ad that says we've activated seismotite. Have, do you know what seismotite is? Is that a Dutch thing? I don't she's know. She's actually in the ad. She's coming off of the can. She's peeled herself off of the can and is entering a woman's kitchen who the woman has her hands up in the air and is delighted to see the old Dutch woman cleaning the, the sink That's... for her. So, do you do this a lot on the show? Do you speculate on cleansers? or? Well, I thought because we had a Dutch guest that maybe you could enlighten us with some of the elements that Matt and I couldn't explore on our own. It would be kind of insensitive if we were speculating. I, I, the name Schoon is a Dutch name. I was born here. And then, of course, the name has carried over from the, the old country. So getting back to the ad, it's a little confusing because it says, in new post-war old Dutch cleanser. Huh. Hmm. All right. So would you say, I guess this is the last question about this topic, because again, you're sort of being a little cagey, which is fine. You have a right to do that. Would you say that the Dutch are known for being very cleanly? Yes fastidiously clean people yeah but you yourself would you describe yourself as your is your kitchen very clean right now no interesting so sounds like i can count on you mr schoon uh shoon uh, for your co-hosting talents again for the haunting of saxby mansion part two yeah i think at this point it's going to be necessary in order to unpack all of the layers of the psychology of the show. And that's the kind of giddiness that I'm feeling right now. I'm so looking forward to if Matt will give us part two, which I'm sure there's not going to be a problem. I'm sure we can work it out. The latest is that he's going to put out the Pearls Before Swine episode. That's fair. We'll just take turns. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. This has been Puppet Hunt with Matt and Lane featuring special guest. What, Chad Shoon?